0: Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com. Today we're going to jump into the Word and uh, this is Into the Wild Part 2. Now, if you missed part one, you know that Into the Wild is we've been looking at some of God's creation and uh, some animals on how God, uh, how, things that we can learn from them, characteristics, attributes, and uh, some of you got really excited. The other half of you said, like, what? And so um, we'll get there. I'm kind of like on the what side. I'm not a huge animal lover, but it is incredible, God's creation. Then the Bible says in Psalm 150 verse 6, it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. The Bible teaches us nature praises God, that, that creation praises God, animals praise God, we praise God. The Bible says if we don't even pray, if we don't praise Him, the rocks will even praise God. That's wild. They better keep praising. That would be, be wild. Uh, but we're going to jump in. This is into the wild part 2 We're going to go to Haggai. It's, a, it's a, a, a book in the Old Testament. It's a prophetic book. Haggai chapter 1, verse 7. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Whenever God's speaking, we should probably pay attention. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down the timber and build my house. This is really key. God's plan for us is to build his house. That's his desire for us. That that is his plan for us. That's his assignment for us is to build his house. So that I might take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty? Because of my house, which remains a ruin. While each of you is busy with your own house. I know a little, little heavy. It's like, well, I thought it was gonna be good news, and then it went bad news. And so th- th- this is a little bad news, but this is what the scripture is saying. The prophet Haggai is speaking to the people of Israel as they've been commanded to rebuild Jerusalem. Jerusalem was in ruins, it had been devastated by captivity, and it was in and, and God's plan was to rebuild it. So they began to rebuild, and only two years into rebuilding, they gave up their efforts. And this is what we learn from the a, a collection of the prophets is that. That the people of Israel begin to focus on their own houses instead of God's house. That their perspective shifted from God we're building you a house to I'm building me a house. And in the culmination in Haggai chapter 1, this is 14 years after the work on the temple has now ceased. The work in Jerusalem rebuilding the city has now ceased for 14 years. And God says, he says, hey. Whatever you're doing right now, it's not doing much, and this is why, because what you're doing is focusing on you, and you're not focusing on me. I'm going to tell you this, every effort in humankind that is to build us up, or to move us forward, or build our name, or our reputation, will leave us unsatisfied and unfulfilled, the only way that you experience true satisfaction in this life, true happiness in this life, true fulfillment in this life, is to build the house of God. And the Bible promises us, promises, promises us this, that if we build his house, he will bless ours. Do, do you know the kingdom of God is upside down? It's upside down. We talk about this a lot. It, it, it's backwards. Whatever you think it is, it's probably the opposite. Like, if you want to be great... The Bible says, okay, be the servant of all. It's, it's opposite. It's, it's upside down. It says, you want to receive. Great. Give. Like, wait, now how does, that, how does that work? Like if I want to receive, I got The Bible is upside down. And the Bible says this, if you want your house to be blessed, then you don't bless your house and you don't build your house. You, you build his. And in building his, he will begin to bless yours. Now, as we talk about this, into the wild, last week we talked about the eagle, which, which people would describe as the masters of the skies. There, there is a name for this animal that we're going to talk about today, and, uh, and, and this animal is called a master builder, a master builder. And we're going to talk about the beaver today. It's like Bucky's edition right here. and we, We're going to talk about the beaver. It, I'm going to tell you this. I don't know much about animals, all right? So everything that I'm telling you, I had to look up. And so, this is not like I just have all this information off the top of my head. Uh, I, I had to like find this stuff out. And I'm gonna tell you this God's creation is really wild. Like, I mean, animals, what they do innately, what they do instinctually without anybody telling them, without ever going to beaver school. With, with, I mean, it's like they just know they're going to build, they're going to cut down trees, they're going to do these things. And so I learned all kinds of things about beavers that actually don't really speak to our message too much, but I'll give you some. Because the beaver is interesting. Did you know that the beaver's front teeth, you know the big front teeth, they never stop growing. That could be a problem if you lived a long time. They, they never stop growing. And the only way that they keep them manageable is to do what they've been created to do, which is chop down trees. And if they fail to do what they're created to do, their teeth will actually render them useless. The thing that helps them actually hurts them if they don't use it on what they're called to use it on. That sounds like that might preach on its own, but we'll just leave that, all right? You can take it, teach your Bible study. The, 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 the beaver's teeth, now this, this was kind of like, a, this is kind of disappointing to me. A beaver's teeth are not white. Does anybody know this already? A beaver's teeth are orange. I like read that. I'm like, no, that can't be right. So I looked up images like of beavers, and I'm like, Bucky's are white, but real beavers are orange. That's kind of like you, you ever been to the zoo and seen a, like a real life flamingo? Like I grew up seeing pictures of flamingos, and like they're pink and pretty and beautiful. And then you can see a real one. It's like, oh my goodness! Like it's kind of pink at the top, but then just kind of like it just yeah, it doesn't stay pink all the way. It's just nasty. It's not a good color. It's not a good look. The, the beaver has teeth that don't grow, the teeth that are orange. A beaver can stay underwater for 15 minutes. That's like, if you could hold your breath for 15 minutes, you could do some serious swimming. God designed beavers with built-in goggles. Did you know this? They have a second eyelid that will close when they're underwater that is transparent that they can see through, and so they can swim underwater. I mean, I don't know why God didn't think about us when he was thinking about that. Second eyelid, I mean, like, I'll take a second eyelid, that'd be incredible. Like, no snorkel gear, just I'm out there, just like, I got, anyways. Beaver, beavers are some of, one of the few mammal species who mate for life, which means they find one mate and they stick with them their whole life. That's incredible. We could learn some stuff from that. They, 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 just, they stick together. They, they know commitment. Now, I'm going to give you some free relationship advice. All right? Anybody want some relationship advice? It's, uh, you don't have to. Sorry, I'm going to give it to you anyway. So, um, all, all the single ladies in here, single ladies watching, I'm gonna this, this, this could help you. Uh, the beaver, the male beaver, the way he attracts a female beaver is, is not how we would think. Because you think you would think about it as like, you know, the beaver's got some nice fur. You know, thinking like, oh, that's nice. Or that beaver's got some huge old teeth. You know, it's like, oh, that, that beaver's nice. You know, that tint of orange is beautiful. Or you might think like, that beaver's got a nice tail. <laughs> yeah, 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 just move on quickly. You can't stay there too long. Um, that's how beaver, anyways. Um, but the way that a female beaver is noticed, notices a male beaver, is the male beaver will build a dam. And the female beaver will notice what they have built, and that's how they're attracted to them. That's interesting. That's interesting. is, is, is that the, the female beaver recognizes they're more than tail, they're, 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 more, they're more than fur, they're more than teeth. They actually can do something. They have some, that's our young adult pastor right there. He knows what I'm talking about. I'm going to save him some counseling right now. It's like, you go find some character. Find somebody that can build. Find somebody that loves Jesus. Find somebody that, that, that is doing what they're called to do. That's how, that's how a female beaver finds a male beaver. It was like, man, he's doing what he's called, he's in his purpose. He's in his purpose. Haggai says um, that if you build God's house, if you build his house, then I'll bless yours. And I want to use the story of Haggai with the observations from the beaver to, I think, deliver a message to us today that will empower us to walk into everything that God has for us. I hear from people all the time that life isn't fulfilling, or I'm just not happy, or I'm not satisfied. I counsel couples all the time that are leaving marriages because they're just not happy anymore. And I'm going to tell you this, that the secret to happiness is not in finding the right person or the right job or having the right net worth. The secret of happiness is building the right thing. If I use my effort to build the right thing, God begins to bless my effort in every other way. So my marriage is blessed not because I'm straining in my marriage, but because I'm building the house of God. As I build him and I build his house and I put him first, he begins to bless my efforts in my marriage, in my parenting, in my leadership, in my gifting, in my skill set, in whatever I do. And if you look at the beaver, there's all kinds of different characteristics, but I want to just give you a couple. Beavers are known to be master builders. Master builders. Without education, without engineering, they know how to gauge the strength of a current of a river— and the, 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 current, the strength of a creek and know how to just the right tree to put in the right place to create a dam to stop the water flow, to begin to hydrate and begin to increase the environment that it's in. Now, I thought beavers just cut down trees to cut down trees. I really didn't know there was like actually a reason they cut them down. I just thought they're like annoying pests that just cut down trees everywhere and pile up sticks in the water where you're trying to fish. Like, I, I didn't know there was a reason. But the beaver actually innately is a builder. It's instinctual in the beaver to build to increase the environment in which it's in. Now, I'm going to tell you this. God has not called you to just watch the church being built. God's called you to be a builder. Some people think it's only pastors, that pastors are builders. No, people are builders. The Bible teaches us in Ephesians that a pastor should be an equipper but that the church should be builders. You might say, well, Pastor, I'm not called to ministry. If you're called to Christianity, if you're a Christian, if you know Jesus, then you're called to ministry. It might not be vocational. It might not be full-time, but you are in ministry, which means you are a builder of the house of God. my, My concern with the church is that we have become professional watchers, master spectators, and not master builders. You know, there's a difference between watching and participating. There's a lot of people that pay a lot of money to go and watch. But the reason that they pay money to go watch a sport is because they can't play it. I was with one of our guys in, in the church that um, plays, plays in the NFL. And, and, uh, and, and we went to a game. And, and uh, so we're pulling up and we're fighting the traffic. And I was I was, like, like, I was surprised at his inability to know his way around in NFL parking lot. I'm like, bro, this is how it is out here in these streets. He goes, this is the first NFL game that I've ever attended. Because he's always been playing. I'm like, well, this is what us fans deal with. It's craziness out here. I mean, it's, just, it's wild. He's like, this is wild. I've never experienced this. Because he's never paid money to attend something that he's already been playing. I'm going to tell you this. You don't have to watch a move of God. You get to build A move of God. What we're doing at Church 1132 is empowering people to be what God's called them to be. And that is to build. Attending the house is not the same as building the house. Where do you go to church? I go to Church 1132. And I'm happy that you do. And I'm proud of you. But just attending Church 1132 is not going to leave you fulfilled or satisfied. You have to cross over from attending into building. This is why we're going to honor our lead team because our lead team has recognized that our, they're going to give up time, they're going to give up resources to build the house. And when you begin to build the house, God begins to bless yours. And I, I'm telling you that God doesn't, has not called you to be a spectator. God has called you to be a participator. God has called you to be on the front lines of what he's doing. And he has gifted you. He's given you skills. He's given, he's given you giftings, talents that will build the house. Everything God's gifted you with is to advance his kingdom. Well, I thought, you know, this is just for me and my family and this is to build my legacy and my No, that's that's where you gone that's where you went wrong. Everything that God's gifted you with is to build his house. And if you build his house, then he puts his super on your natural and begins to bless your house. And I would rather have less with God's blessing than more without it. And when you begin to put him it's a place of dependence. It's a place of priority. And when you begin to put him first, he begins to release his blessing on everything else. Beavers Our master builders, beavers, this is interesting, they never waste anything. Beavers don't waste anything. I mean, if you thought about a beaver like cutting down a tree, you're like, I mean, surely he doesn't need the whole tree. But literally, I was reading these articles, and a beaver will use every part of a tree it cuts down. It will save the smaller branches for food for later. It takes the larger branches and uses them as part of the dam. It will take every piece of the tree is used. It doesn't waste anything. And it made me start thinking about God and his grace and his character. Because for for many of us, when we go through a painful season, we want to forget that season. When we have a chapter of our life that is marked with failure or disappointment or or, or, or discouragement, we want to take that chapter, we want to rip it out of the book, and we want to pretend like it's not there. But God never wastes those seasons. God doesn't cause everything, but He does use everything. And He will use your discouraging season, your depressing season, your failure season to actually serve you. If you don't give up on your trouble, your trouble will train you and it will minister to others. What God brought you through, you, God will use you to bring others through. The, Bi- the Bible says this It says, With the comfort you have been comforted now, comfort others. We say this all the time in our church perfection is not relatable. If you're perfect, I can't relate with you because I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes. I've said things I shouldn't say. I've done things I shouldn't done. I am not perfect. So I can't relate with your perfection. I can only relate with your imperfection. So if I am going to cover over a season that I didn't do the best in, I am rendering it useless for what God wants to do in it. God never wastes. We like to say it this way. God never wastes a wilderness. God never wastes pain. God never wastes a bad chapter or a bad season. He'll use it all. The Bible even says this, what the enemy meant for evil, he will turn around and he will work it for our good. Psalm 118 verse 22, it says, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is I'm talking about Jesus. Jesus was rejected by men, but he was chosen by God to be the Savior of the world, the Messiah, that all, whosoever will, can come and say yes to Jesus and be saved. This is, this is the crazy thing about God is he specializes. He specializes in using what others have thrown away. I think this is best exemplified in the life of David. Right, right. David. We talk about David. David wrote the Psalms. We love David. Everyone's like, I kind of relate with David. And, to, and I mean, that's like that's what you hear about the Bible all the time. But David, when 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 God found him, he was overlooked. The Bible says the same of the prophet went to anoint the next king of Israel, and he went to Jesse, the dad, of David's father, and he says, Hey, do you have any sons? Because like I'm here to anoint the next king, and he lines up his sons, and he goes to the oldest son. The Bible even says was a good looking, strong man. And Samuel thinks, like, surely this is it. This is the guy. He's got great fur, great teeth. <laughs> <clears throat> and he goes to pour the oil to anoint him. And Gus says, no, that's not him. So he goes to the next. Gus says, nope, not him. Goes to the next. Not him. Goes all the way through the seven sons. Nope, that's not it. He goes to Jesse and says, hey, Jesse, um, do you have any more boys? Jesse's like, no, that's it. Oh, Yeah. See, after, after about six, you just like, you don't even know. Like, I think I do. A couple of years ago, I told him to take the sheep out of the fields, haven't seen him. I think he's still there. David comes in from the fields, forgotten, overlooked, and God says, perfect. God specializes in things, that, in people that the world have overlooked. I'm going to tell you, if you ever feel overlooked, if you've ever felt like you haven't been seen or that you've been passed over, God specializes in taking your story and flipping it around and using it for his glory. Beavers don't waste anything, but God doesn't waste anything. Number three is beavers change the environment. They change the environment. I, I told you this earlier, I really thought beavers just like the way they played was like cutting down trees. But but they're actually very systematic. If you look at it, they are very strategic in what trees they cut down and where they put them. There's actually a story of environmentalists that, was using all kinds of modern technology to try to uh, rejuvenate an area of forest that had been, uh, the, 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 the area had just been totally devastated. And uh, he was using all kinds of modern technology to try to get things growing again, to get things hydrated again. And, and, and it was all kinds of work and systematic and, and uh, all of these systems trying to come into agreement. And, and he was thinking one day, and he had this epiphany. He, he began to think, before people were here... This was working, and now we're here, and it's not, and I'm using all this technology and all this brain power to try to get it to work, but it used to work, and so he began to study what was different now than it was then, and this is what he found, that all of the beavers in that area had been trapped out or killed out, and so they made an effort to bring beavers back to this area of woods. And um, you, there's a couple different accounts of this. you have to, you have to look it up. They parachuted them in. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Like, I mean, it's just, like, that is... And there was one casualty. I know, I know. Of, like, 75. Okay, it's, odds were pretty good. They parachuted them in. Within months, the entire climate of the area had changed... For the, the, the vegetation began to flourish, and people were in awe, asking this man, how did this happen? What happened? What did you do? And he said, I brought the beavers back. And the beavers, because of the way that they put the dams, it would create hydration throughout an entire area. And after they were done with the area, they would move to the next, and they would rejuvenate or change the environment Wherever they would go. Now I'm going to tell you this. The church of Jesus Christ is not supposed to be just a building. The church of Jesus Christ is not supposed to just be here to collect a crowd or to have a couple campuses. The church of Jesus Christ is built, established to change the environment. What are we even doing if we're not changing the environment that we're in? This church, my prayer, my heart's cry, my desire is that our church would change the environment of every culture and every community that we're a part of. We don't want to just be here. We don't want to just spend our lives having great services. Our heart is that God would release master builders that would begin to make a difference and that in our communities, in our cultures, things would begin to shift and people would recognize that because the church of Jesus Christ is in this community, in this area, this is why we're planning campuses, not so we can have more campuses, so that more communities can be affected with the environmental changing power of the gospel. Beavers change the environment. Isaiah 41 speaks of this. says, The poor and needy search for water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst, but I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will make rivers flow on barren heights and springs within the valleys. I will turn the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into springs. This is God talking about taking desert places and turning them into places of blessing. You know, people may say our city or our community or our area, wherever you're watching this from, it's this or it's that. And I'm going to tell you, God has a different plan. God has a different opinion than the popular opinion. You You may see hurt but God wants to bring healing. You may see abuse, but God wants to bring love. You, you, you may see manipulation, but God wants to show healthy leadership. You may you, Whatever you see, God wants to build something that will change the environment. Maybe the only thing you've ever seen is unhealthy church. God wants to change it. Maybe the only thing you've ever seen is unhealthy marriage. God wants to change it. Maybe the only thing you've ever seen is unhealthy parenting. God wants to change it. Maybe you've never had a good image of your mother or your father. God wants to change it because God is into changing environment. That's what he does. When God shows up, things change. Wherever the presence of God is, things change. Things can't stay the same. Where God is, something has to shift. That's why we need his presence. That's why we make space. That's why we make room is because we need him. Not just another club. Not just another motivational speech. Not just another talk. We need the power of God that can change the climate of a culture or of a community. Everything we do in this life is for him. You You know the problem is that we have built unto us what should be unto him. In the church, this is, the, this is what we, you might be in this room or watching, and you might actually think this, that the church is built for you. It's not. It's, it's not. The church is not, it's not about our preference. Some people say, well, you know, I wish this was this way, or I wish that was, it's not about your preference. It's not about your opinion. It's not built for you. It's, it's to equip you to build. So, you have to find a church or you have to find a movement that you say, I can build with them. I can build with that. I don't like that. Now, that's a little loud, and that doesn't, I don't like that song, but I can build with them. And you decide to get with other people that you can build with because your purpose, your assignment is to build the house of God. The only way your business is blessed, your house is blessed, your family is blessed, is for the priority to be on building his house. If you build his house, we already said it. He begins to bless yours so we don't build unto us. We build unto him. In this passage of scripture, this is what Haggai is trying to say. He's saying, guys, you, you got it all wrong. You're, you're trying to establish yourself before building the house of God. And a couple of verses earlier, it even says this. He says, you guys are all in like well-paneled houses while my house is in ruins. But yet you're unsatisfied. So you have all of this, but it doesn't fulfill. You have the titles. You have the money. You have the net worth. You have the job. You have the status. You have the influence. You have the pop. but yet you're unhappy? Why? Because you're building out of sequence. If you begin to build his house, then, and only then, he'll begin to bless yours. Now, the last thing is where we want to close today, and this one it, 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 it gets a little personal, but I, I, I want to I share this with you because I think there's, there's one thing, there's, there's one thing that the enemy always uses to get people to stop building. Not, not, not to get them out of church, although it does do this sometimes. Not to get them to walk away from God, although it does affect that sometimes. But this is so, it's so crucial in a believer's ability to build the right thing. And I'll tell you this, it's offense. Offense. It's people getting offended. So, some Christians are so easily offendable. Like you walk by them in the hallway and you didn't say hi. It's like, oh, pastor didn't see me. You park in the parking spot and someone cut, off, cut you off in front of you. These Christians aren't real. They're a bunch of hypocrites. It's like, so, so, they don't sing your song. It's like, oh, man, do they even know what's cool, what's popular? You're offended. Someone sat in your seat. It's like, don't they know I always sit there? I'm here every Sunday in this service. I always sit. Like, we're so easily offendable. Now, this is interesting. Beavers, our last one, are built for the fight. Beavers are built for the fight. Now, I'll explain this is because beavers obviously they spend a lot of their time in water. And they also have thick fur. It, it, originally, what took beavers out was trappers that wanted them for their fur. It's thick and, and it was valuable. And and, and you got to think about this. A beaver with thick fur that's in water would be pretty heavy, would be pretty weighed down. Not only this, is even in cold temperatures, they are able to swim and be in these freezing sub-zero temperature uh, um, climate in freezing cold water, and they're okay. I remember I was hunting years ago, and... We were, we were out there, and it's like one of the coldest days I can ever remember in Texas. The wind was blowing. We're freezing. We were camping out there. Bad idea. And, and, and the wind was just blowing, and, and we were out there on the, on the pond, and the beavers were like like nothing ever happened. They are like, swimming around, like, out there, like, backfloat. And I'm like, man, how are they not that cold? And I was studying this week, and I found this. It's crazy. It says that beavers actually have these, these glands that, that excrete a certain type of oil. That they use their, this is kind of gross, they use their toenails and they will take this oil and they will comb it through their fur. And they will cover all their fur and they reapply this oil almost daily. And that oil creates a lubrication in their fur that causes the water to just slide off instead of collect. So it doesn't weigh them them down, it just slides off. It also creates a layer of insulation that keeps freezing temperatures from affecting them. So they can swim around in cold water for hours and not be affected because of this layer of oil. Now, if you know this, the Bible talks about the oil representing the Holy Spirit. Now, if you know this, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, is our helper. So before you tune me out, I want you to know this, that Jesus said, it is better for me to leave so that I can send a helper, so I can send the Holy Spirit. And this beaver, this is crazy, this beaver daily has to reapply the oil so that he doesn't get bogged down or his heart does not turn cold. Do you know what a fence does? It gets stuck in your heart. It bogs you down. I I don't know if there's a better way to describe offense better than weight. It's just heavy. It it just, my my boys had soccer games yesterday, and it was like, whatever it was, 75 in Texas a couple days ago, and then all of a sudden it's like freezing cold, and that that wind is blowing. I was out there coaching. They were putting like layers on layers on layers on the boys. I mean, it was just, it it was intense. They were grabbing all articles of clothing and putting them on the boys. Literally, a mom grabbed a suit coat like a blazer, and put it on her son and send him on the field. And I'm like, oh, man, that's, that's like, really commitment to being warm. I, I would rather be cold, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> just doing everything. And I, I, I got out of the game, and I was in the car, and I was trying to text Jamie, but my fingers were so cold, like, I couldn't text very well. So I finally just called her up. And uh, she's like, why, why, why are you calling? I'm like, I, I can't, like, I can't text right now. You ever had been so cold, you're just not moving the right way? That's what a fence does. The offense makes you lethargic. It, it, it doesn't always push you away from God, but it will oftentimes push you away from building. See, this is what people do, is they build in the church, and they get offended in the church. When they get offended in the church, they don't turn their back on God, but they stop building. And when they stop building, they stop being fulfilled, because the only thing that will really fulfill you or satisfy you is building the house of God. So when they're offended, they step back from building and begin to build themselves. When they build themselves, they get unsatisfied but they don't remember that they stopped building the house of God. They only remember the offense. So they think the offense is the thing that's leaving them unsatisfied but it's really the lack of priority that happened when offense entered their heart when they stopped building what God had designed them to build. We're encountering a real move of God in this church. Being recognized really across the nation as some one, of, one of the top, fastest growing churches around. I want you to know this. You know what the enemy would love to do? Is he would love to get the master builders lethargic, cold, and removed from building. Because we didn't get here by ourselves, and we're not going to get there by ourselves. This is a church. The church of Jesus Christ that requires that every person takes their position, that requires that every person un- I- un- identifies their assignment. That's our mission to know Him, encounter Him, to become strong, and to do great X ex- to fulfill our assignment. And in order to do that, we have to be unoffendable because the offense will remove us not from God. The offense will remove us from building. But when we stop building, we're going to be unfulfilled because we were designed to build. We were designed to build the kingdom of God. We were designed to move it forward. And whenever we start to build us instead of build him, it will leave us unsatisfied. You ever recognize, like, if you ever got hit? This happened to me in that, that whatever that hailstorm was. This is no joke. I was trying to save my car because we're doing some remodeling. I couldn't fit my car in the garage. So Jamie's car is in the garage. Mine was in the driveway. And um, I'm like, I got to save it. So I'm looking for anything in the garage. The hail starts coming. And uh, all I could find was Genesis' old crib mattress. So I grabbed him, I'm like, it'll do. And I leaned out the garage to throw it. And I got hit in the leg. By the biggest piece of hail, I thought I got shot. I was in my alley, the alley of Allen. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I'm going down. If you look on my Instagram, I, I got like a massive bruise. This is a wild thing. As soon as I got hit, I want you to see where my focus went. Whew. Whenever you get hit, you always look at yourself. Whatever pain happens, you look to. So as soon as I look to me, I stop protecting it. This is what what the enemy just loves to do in the church. If I can hit you there, you'll look there. If I can hit you in your finances, you'll look at that. If I can hit you in your marriage, you'll look at that. If I can hit you in your purity, you'll look at that. If I can hit, wherever I can hit you, you'll look to that. And as soon as you look to that... You stop building that. And if you stop building that, you won't be satisfied anymore. And then, if this is the real t- kicker, if I can get you to think that the, un- the dissatisfaction or the unfulfillment came from the hit and not the stopping of building, then I got you. What, what I believe God's doing, like even today, is God's reawakening in us the purpose of God to build. You're a builder. Well, I'm an engineer. So are beavers. That's great. You got something in common. Whatever God's doing in you is to build. Whatever He's blessed you with, whatever He's gifted you with, it is so you can build. And when you begin to build, you better watch out in every area of your life because God's blessing falls on those that build. If you build his house, he will bless yours. That's the kingdom of God. That's how he works. That's how he moves. That's how he blesses. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.